My name is Pastor Harris. I'm the lead pastor here, and I actually wrote, my name is Pastor Harris Holzapel the Fourth, and I'm the lead pastor here at First Open Bible. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for uh, joining us online as well. And uh, we just started something new. It's pretty much off the ground now. I, I think it's getting in all different places, but we're we also now have a podcast. Um, so you can get podcasts, you can share it, and uh, it'll just be the Sunday message uh, for the podcast. But uh, we're trying to get it in every area. It is a lot harder than just doing something like that. Uh, you have to pay a fee, and you got to get things set up. And I I'm just relying on my one of my favorite nerds in the whole world, Joshua. Uh, thank you, Josh, for helping, because I have no clue <laughs> what to do. So thank you so much uh, for setting all that up. But uh, it's good. It's good to hear God's word. It's good to share God's word. It's good to live God's word. Happy Labor Day, everybody. Who's got to work tomorrow? Okay, raise your hand high. I'm so sorry. <laughs> we love you. Thank you for the day off. I know that people all have to work different hours. I hope you're getting paid better than a normal day for working on Labor Day. Um, Anybody, anybody like the two-month series we just had, Identity in Crisis? That was good. Well, I'm glad you loved it. We're now done with it. <laughs> oh, come on now. Yeah, we're, we're moving on because we believe God is moving on. But man, that was an, an anointing and anointed and powerful series. There was so much stuff that happened. It was so incredible. And uh, I know. I know. Everybody else is feeling the same way. See, kids do what we wish we could do. See? I know. Identity in crisis. It's gone. I know. It's hard. It's hard. But we got to move on. Hallelujah. Here's our new monthly September series. It's titled Open Handed. Offer what you have. 1 Peter 4.10 says this. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its, wonder, in its various forms. God calls all, church say all, all, all his children to be generous with their time, their talents, and their treasures. Church, generosity is the path to godly blessings. So you got to embrace gratitude and thankfulness, and then you will tap into the heart of God. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's pray again. Lord, will you please help us refocus and not lose our purpose in our pressures? God, please give us fresh eyes again to see the reason why we are here living at this time with these specific gifts you have given us, and why you have put us around these specific people for such a time as this. Father, remind us of your kingdom purposes and help us think eternally. Open up our hands and use them for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Church, God has called all his children to be generous and to be open-handed. Open-handed with their time, their talents, and their treasures. Right? This morning we opened our hands to receive something from God. Right? When you do this, it means I'm ready to receive. Right? And some of y'all people know people who are spoiled and it says, gimme, gimme, gimme. But when you open up your hands to receive something, God then wants us to open our hands again to give something away. Now, being open-handed goes far beyond just giving money. Being open-handed involves everything about your life. If this life was just about receiving personal salvation, then the moment you yielded your heart to Christ would have been the moment you would have been in heaven. But this life is more than just about you. If you're living for yourself, you are living too small. Your salvation is about saving your soul. Yes, it is, but it is not just about saving your soul. 
The Great Commission in Matthew 28, 18 through 20 says this. Jesus came and told his disciples, the ones that followed him, the ones that believed him, the ones that love him, the ones that want to change the world with him. I, and this is what he said. I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Once you've been saved by grace, it's time to get grounded in God's word. So you can grow in discipleship. And that will prepare you to go and make disciples for the Lord. Now there's times in your life you're to stay with Jesus. Just stay there. Then there's other times in your life you are to go for Jesus. There's times to open your hands and receive from the Lord. And there are other times to open your hands back up and to give what you've received away for the Lord. Church, when God has his hands on you, when he puts his hands on you, that's about his authority, his protection, and his healing. There's this quick, awesome story where Jesus laid his hands on a man and he healed him. It's in Mark 1, 40 through 42. It says, a man with leprosy came to him and begged him on his knees. See, in these times, if you had leprosy, you actually aren't even allowed to be touched, right? Because leprosy is spread by touch. Amen. It's spread by touch. And so a man with leprosy came to him and begged him on his knees, if you are willing to make me clean, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus was indignant. The word there means filled with compassion. Jesus was filled with compassion. He reached out his hand and he touched the man. And he said, I am willing. And he said, be clean. Immediately the leprosy left him and he was cleansed. See, when God has his hands on you, it's about his authority, his protection, and his healing. But when you find God open-handed, that is him offering his treasures to you. When God opens his hands, it not only reveals his willingness to bless us, it also reveals his extreme generosity to us. Now, God's storehouses, they never run empty. Amen? He's got cattle on a thousand hills. Where he lives, the most precious thing here on earth, he walks on. He walks on the streets of gold. Now, God has an abundant supply of everything we need, and he wants to bless us. But can God trust his church with his treasures? From his open hands. Now, you have to understand the open hands of God to understand how to open up your own hands for God. Here's where you start, church. You start by being thankful and grateful for what God has blessed you with. Don't look to your left. Oh, that's your left. Don't look to your left and don't look to your right. Instead, look at what God has placed in your hands. See, envy is a sin. And it will destroy you. What God has given into your hands is what God wants you to invest. You must be grateful. You must be wise. You must be generous with what you have so God can multiply it. We're all called to be spiritual conduits. We're all called to be fleshly funnels for heavenly blessings, fruitfulness, and heavenly realities here on earth. Is Jesus in human form anymore right now? On earth? No, he's not. He's not. Remember he ascended to heaven and he said, I'm going to send you a promise, something greater, my my father promised it's the spirit of the living God, right? And he said, it's not only going to be in here, it's going to be in you. 
He's going to endue you with power. He's talking about the church. And he says, he says church, you're going to do greater things than I ever did. Jesus said that. Now, I'm not saying that you're going to do greater miracles, but what I'm saying is you're going to do them in greater capacity. See, Jesus can lay his hands on one person and said, be clean, and immediately sickness left that man. Disease left. But 250, 300 people, adults right here in this room, whatever, you can do, we can do that to 300 people like that today. You're called to be a spiritual conduit, a fleshly funnel for heavenly blessings, fruitfulness, and heavenly realities here on earth. What God looses in heaven can be loosed here on earth. Now, I don't know if you caught this or not. Remember the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000 in Mark chapter 6? Okay? There's only a little bit of bread and a little bit of fishies, but yet 5,000 plus women and children, so there could have been like 10,000 people there. They all got fed. But Jesus did not feed the multitude directly. He did not go around to each person himself and feed them, did he? Instead, he chose to break the bread and give the bread to his disciples, to his followers, to his church. And he said to them, you go and feed the people. The blessings and the fruitfulness passed through their hands and they didn't come just from their hands. See, Jesus gave, so they gave. We receive from God and then we're supposed to give away for God. Are you hearing me, church? The blessings that you're experiencing in life right now do not come from your hands alone. They come from Jesus' hands and they need to pass through our hands. Don't ever get that mixed up. Right? It breaks my heart to see all these athletes and all these people who are gifted, uber gifted, right? Freaks of nature gifted. And then they get an interview and they're like, yeah, man, I've been putting in the hard work. I'm doing that. Yeah, I get it, right? They give all credit to themselves. I love the ones that come up and say two things. They say, I thank Lord, my Lord Jesus Christ. This is a blessing that I'm able to do this. And I thank my team for helping me get here, right? I'm thankful for God and I'm thankful for the things God put around me. You got to be very careful to give God the praise and glory he deserves. Because any time, any talents and any treasures that you possess is not from your own doing. They came from the open hands of God and he wants them to flow through your hands to help build the kingdom of God. But you must choose to be a spiritual conduit and give God back everything he's ever blessed you with. I say this often. Jesus gave, I, I say this, that when some point in my life, I don't even remember, years ago, I was like, it just came upon me and I was like, Jesus, you gave all of your life so I'm going to give you the rest of mine. You gave all of your life. Everything was about me, God. Everything. You sought me. You thought about me. It says in God's word, he was slain before the foundations of the world. Before all things were created, you even knew that Jesus, your son, had to die for me. And because of that, I will give you the rest of me. I found you now, so here is my life. You got to trust Open hands. You got to trust God's open hands with your open hands. You got to offer what you have. Allow God to use your open hands and watch what the Lord will do. Just watch what the Lord will do. You, you ever minister to somebody or pray for somebody and something amazing happened and you were even shocked? Oh, you really got healed? Come on now. It's like, well, you didn't believe it? I believed it, but I can't even believe it right now. That's amazing, right? That actually, prayer was answered? Praise God. You're like, yeah, yeah, it was, right? Man, sometimes you just got to open up your hands and watch what the Lord will do. Our lives can be channels from which heaven can flow through. You got to listen to what God is telling you to do you got to listen to what God says invest in. 
and what God is telling you to give away, then be obedient to his voice. Now, God doesn't want you to hide or hold back what is in your hands. Right? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you. <laughs> right? Thank you, God. Right? Just keep on. Keep on hiding and holding back. He wants you to release those blessings. He, re- he wants you to release those giftings. He wants you to release those talents and those treasures back to him open-handed. Church, open your Bibles to Acts chapter 5, please. Acts chapter 5. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts. It's the fifth book of the Bible. It's the story about the church. It's the birth of the church. It's all about what, what it looks like at the beginning when Jesus ascended to heaven. Sent, they were filled with the Holy Ghost and then they went out and, and things were developed and all kinds of great things happened. And we see uh, miracle signs and wonders taking place. We see the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. We see the church being birthed and we see what it looks like in the very earliest of churches in the book of Acts. It's in the New Testament. It's probably about three-fourths the way through your Bible, if you have the old and the new. Acts chapter 5. Five's the big number. We're going to start with the little baby number, one. But first, I want to say this. Be careful making the mistake of having one hand open and one hand closed. You may find yourself in a very bad situation like these two people did in the early church. Acts chapter 5, verses 1 through 10 says this. But there is a certain man named Ananias who was with his wife, Sapphira, and they sold some property. He he, uh, brought part of the money to the apostles, claiming it was the full amount. With his wife's consent, he kept the rest. Then Peter said, Ananias, why have you let Satan fill your heart? You lied to the Holy Spirit and you kept some of the money for yourself. The property was yours to sell or not sell, as you wished. And after selling it, the money was also yours to give away. How could you do a thing like this? You weren't lying to us, but to God. Verse 5. As soon as Ananias heard these words, he fell to the floor and he died. Oh, oh, oh. Thank you, Jesus, for your grace and your mercy. Everyone who heard about it was terrified. I would be too. Then some young men got up, wrapped him in a sheet, and took him out and buried him. Now verse 7. About three hours later, his wife came in, not knowing what has happened. And Peter asked her, was this the price you and your husband received for the land? Yes, she replied. That was the price. And Peter said, how could The two of you even think of conspiring to test the spirit of the Lord like this. The young men who buried your husband are just outside the door, and they will carry you out too. Verse 10. Instantly, she fell to the floor and died. Then the young men carried in, or came in and saw that she was dead, and they carried her out and buried her beside her husband. Church, if God says, open up your hands and give to him, you better do it. (laughs) Don't hold back anything. And church, don't, especially do not lie to yourself or to other people about it either. Some of y'all live in every day with little white lies. They're called lies. I don't care how you dress it up. It's either truth or not truth. And if you know the truth and you don't do the truth or say the truth, that's called a sin. See, if we keep one hand open to receive from God and then the other hand closed to keep things from God, we've allowed Satan to fill our hearts just like Ananias and Sapphira did. We are called, church, to live open-handed. Now, personally, what I've learned about this all my years, this this subject in ministry, what I've learned about in all my years of ministry is God cannot bless what you do not invest. If your hands are held tight, that means your heart is held tight. 
But when you come open-handed to God, that means your heart has already come prepared to receive from God. When God invests something into you, he gives that something to you so you can reinvest it, so you can grow it for a kingdom harvest. Now, whether it's a talent he's blessed you with, some of you are uber-talented at all different kinds of things, but you keep it to yourself. Whether it's a talent he's blessed you with or finances he has given you or a gift of helps or maybe you have great wisdom or maybe you're very creative, I don't know, whatever it is, what are you doing with it? What are you doing with it? If you're living for yourself, you are living too small. If God gives you a seed, you best sow that seed so the kingdom of God can reap a harvest from that seed. The seed that God has placed into your hands. I don't hold your seed. Do I? You don't hold mine. I'm not responsible for what you do in your life. You are. I won't stand next to you on Judgment Day. Will I? No, but they attended church frequently. But what did you do with my name? Come. What did you do with my name? What did you do with all the things I've placed in your hands? What did you do with my name? Do you realize that the gifts, the seeds that you have been given are different than your neighbors? If everybody was good at preaching, what on earth would I do? <laughs> if everybody's good at one thing, nobody would be good at anything. You all have different gifts. You all have different seeds. You all have different blessings and talents and treasures. And the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, but all the gifts that have been given are for the common good. Now, the longer you walk with Jesus, the more you're going to begin to realize this, church. If you hear me say, okay. That's what I thought. If you hear, if you hear me say, okay. A lot of distractions in here this morning. The longer you walk with Jesus, the more you begin to realize that this life is one big field. Waiting for the right seeds to be planted in and watering to happen. When God puts seeds in your hands and he asks you to take care of them, he asks you to steward these, he asks you to invest these and sow these and then he says, then when it's all done, give them back to me. Now, if he says that to you, will you do it? Anything we put our time, our talents, and our treasures into is an act of sowing. Now, the principle of sowing, right? We live in Iowa. There's a lot of sowing and reaping and tilling and preparing and, and praying, and, and, and there's a lot of things that take place. There's a lot of farmland that we live around, and, and Iowa feeds, I don't know how much percent of the world, or let alone uh, the United States of America, but, but we, we should understand a little bit of the principle of sowing and reaping. And it's, it's the sowing and reaping is, is, is just as much a, an earthly principle as much as it is a kingdom principle. We, church, are heavenly fa farmers in our everyday life. You're a, you're a heavenly farmer. You got heavenly overalls on right now. Praise God. <laughs> what do farmers do? They open up their hands and they pick up some seed. They carry it then they open up their hands again, and they spread the seed. Then during the right time, they start to water those seeds and wait for the sun to shine, and they pray and prepare for the harvest. Now, the Bible gives many clear teachings on sowing and reaping 
and an eternal influence and an eternal reward it can have. In Galatians 6, 7 and 8, it says this, do not be deceived, right? Do not be deceived. Do not believe in a lie. Do not be deceived. Do not live your life in deception. Do not be deceived because God cannot be mocked. You can live in deception, but he will never live in deception. God will not be mocked. Do not be deceived. What does that mean? Well, we got to read the next part. Deceived about what? It says a man reaps what he sows. Some of y'all in a mess because you have prepared for a mess. You've planted a mess. You've watered the mess. And you're reaping a harvest of a mess. Verse 8, whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh they will reap. Destruction. But whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Church, you cannot reap what you have not sown. What, what's that word that everybody, um, you're always privileged, um, what's that word? Entitled, thank you. America and people in it, you are entitled. You think you deserve what you get. You do, the Bible says we deserve death. We deserve hell. That's what the Bible says. Hey, but I got everything I want. I, I deserve this. Right? How many times do you say, man, I've been working hard. I deserve this. Please, you don't deserve that. You have believed something that is not godly. You should be thankful for what you have. You should be grateful for what you have. We deserve death, but God gave us Jesus, and now we have life. We deserved hell, but now we have heaven. You cannot reap what you have not sown. Although we, the only thing we've ever reaped that we have not sown is eternal life, but now what are you going to do with it? What are you going to do with it? Did you know you can't reap what you have not sown and neither can anyone else? They can't reap what you haven't sown. For instance, what if I this week did not prepare for 15, 20 hours in the sermon? What if I just came up here and winged it? Right? You ain't going to receive anything that I have not sown. Likewise, you and others will reap what you have sown. To receive a godly harvest, you have to open up your hands and you have to sow your seeds. See, there is no fruitful harvest if there have been few seeds sown. 2 Corinthians 9, 6 says, remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop. But the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. I'm going to read that again. 2 Corinthians 9, 6. Remember this. A farmer who plants only a few seeds, I'm going to give a little bit back to God and his kingdom of all the things that I've received from him. Uh, I'm going to get a small crop back. But the one who plants generously, God, you gave me all this, I'm going to give it back to you. I'm going to keep on planting. I'm going I'm to I'm I'm live thankful. I'm going to live grateful. I'm going to keep on planting. I'm going to keep on playing this stuff. See, if you do that and you're generous, you're going to get a generous crop. It's going to blow your mind. See, right here, Malachi 3.10, it says, come and bring your tithes and offerings. It's a challenge. T bring 10% of everything. You first fruits, right? Before taxes, first fruits. You bring it in there and you give it to God. And he says, look what I will do. Will I not bless you? I'm going to bless you so much. He says, challenge me. I'm going to bless you so much that you can't even hold all the things I'm about to do. Right? And then some of y'all just throwing in like a 1%, a 2%, and you're like, I don't know why my life's not blessed. Because you ain't generous. You're not even living the basic principle of tithing. And I'm not just talking about your finances. You don't tithe 10% of your life reading his word. You don't invest 10% of getting in his presence. You don't even give 10% of prayer in your life. A tithe is a 10%. It's Literal translation. If you plant only a few seeds, guess what? You're going to get a small crop, but if you plant generously, you're going to get a generous crop. Church, what are you going to take with you anyway when you die? You're all going to take with you what you gave away.
You hear me? I feel like that was from the Lord. The only thing you take with yourself when you die is what you gave away for the kingdom. That's what you take with yourself. Now, 2024, I believe 2024 is going to be a year of 2020 more. It's going to be a year of great harvest, church. I believe it. There's going to be more of God's spirit. There's going to be more saved souls. But church, there's also going to be more of God opportunities for you as well. So what will your hands be filled with in 2024? What will you know, hear, and steward? Will you know, hear, and steward the will of the Lord for your life? Will you invest and grow the seeds God has placed into your open hands? See, church, no one, look at me, look at me, no one, no one will reap what you have not sown. There's influence out there that you are supposed to have. There are people that need your prayers. There are people that need your finances, your gifts, your talent, your giftings of the Lord. There are people out there, but they're never going to reap what you have not sown. Now, the first commandment in the entire Bible for mankind is what? Let me remind you, be fruitful and multiply. Be fruitful. Church, say be fruitful fruitful. and and multiply. That's the first thing God told mankind to do. Now, in the natural world, you got to hear me on this. This is good. In the natural world, fruit is the result of a healthy plant. Fruit is a result of a healthy tree producing what it was created to produce. Here's the thing about fruit trees, right? The thing about fruit on trees is the fruit is not there to benefit the tree. I'm going to let that simmer. Crockpot that one. The thing about fruit on a tree is the fruit is not there to benefit the tree. The fruit that has been produced is there to benefit others. If you're living for yourself, you're living too small, right? That's a new thing, right? In sports, when you just, uh, you just walk away like this. I mean, it's mean, but it's kind of funny. Um. Some of y'all don't know what I'm talking about, okay? So maybe some of y'all don't know. But like if, if you school somebody and, and they're smaller than you, even if they're bigger than you, you just, this is, you're too small, too small. You can't guard me. You can't be on me, right? Some of us are living too small because you're living for yourself. Now, the righteous and the godly fruit that we were created to produce, it has eternal purposes. In John 15, 16, it says this, you didn't choose me. I chose you. And I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit. Amen. So the father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. Lasting fruit. When God opens his hands to you, he never gives you something just for you. Well, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I thank God for all my blessings. I sit in my holy huddles, driving my beamer, and, and laying my hands on things and naming it and claiming it for the kingdom. No, it's for your kingdom. It ain't for the kingdom of God. Right? God wants... This principle's been around for thousands of years. There's a reason why you're blessed. Abraham knows why you blessed. Say it like you know it. Why are you blessed? To be a blessing. You are blessed to be a blessing. It is very hard for Americans to hear this message. Because we are so selfish. We've been trained since birth that I deserve things. I got my rights. I got my, if I work hard, I can build my kingdom. When you accept Christ, you give your entire life away. 
When you accept Christ, it's not about your kingdom anymore. It's about the kingdom of God. Your blessings, and you are blessed to be a blessing. God loves you enough. He wants to bless you. It's true. I'm not saying that you got to live poor. No, he wants you to be rich. Why? Because things got to be funded. If you're rich and your hands are open and you're, a, and you're a giver, you're a generous giver, the kingdom of God will go forth. All over the world, the kingdom of God can be spread. There's some people in here, you can fund things nobody else could ever fund. But you have one hand open to receive the blessing and you got one hand closed to keep it from God. Some of y'all are just super talented. You have giftings that you're afraid to use. And you have one hand to say, thank you, Lord, for these giftings. And another hand closed that I'm going to keep them for myself. Some of y'all are really wise. Wise beyond your years. You've been through some things. You know some things. But you ain't telling nobody anything. Got one hand open. One hand closed. Church, we got to get out of living for ourselves because we're living too small. When God opens his hands to you, it never is about just something just for you. It is always about a bigger picture. The fruit of our lives, the blessings, the talents, and the treasures, they all came from the seeds God put into your hands. They were meant to be planted by you so they can impact others and glorify God. We only produce fruit that lasts if Jesus is the source. Amen? John 15, 5 says this, I am the vine. This is Jesus speaking. I am the vine, and you, church, and me, we're the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit, or fruit that lasts Apart from me, you can do nothing. Another way to say that too is everything that you do will not last. Ooh, come on now. The fruit that we produce will feed the kingdom that we serve. You don't, you don't think the enemy is producing fruit? Flags fly every day. With the fruit, not of God, but of the enemy. Look at Hollywood. What kind of fruit's coming out of that? You don't think the enemy? Think, look, at the, look, look at the music, right? Teenagers, even adults, y'all listen to music. I'm not saying that you have to like cut everything out, but what I'm saying is your eyes and your ears are a gateway to your soul. And what you put in, you're going to put out. And so you're like, man, my life's a mess. I don't know what's going on, but I can't wait to put in some Jay-Z. Right? Some Leonard Skinner. Or... First off, throw that away, okay? If you can't dance to it, why are you listening to it? That's what I say. That's what I say. I'm going to just sit in your car and yeah. It's like, ah. Oh. Enjoy your headache, man. Whatever. Now I'm stepping on toes, hallelujah. <laughs> There's so much fruit that we are eating from the wrong kingdom. And there's so much of us producing the wrong fruit for the wrong kingdom, and we're feeding other people that kingdom fruit. The fruit of our life should serve and bless others and glorify the kingdom of God. All right, I believe there's a major reason why so many Christians are not feeling fulfilled today, and this is why. If you're a believer and, and you're not feeling fulfilled, here's what I believe. You are eating all of your own fruit. You're eating all of your own fruit. I've heard it said before many years ago that, that churches are full of a bunch of fat sheep. You just eat the bread of life and you never give it away. Ooh, some. Oh, come on now. Some of y'all, ooh, 
by the Spirit of God be gluten intolerant right now in the name of Jesus. Next time you eat too much bread, I pray that you throw up and say, hand it to somebody else. Church, a major reason why so many Christians are not feeling fulfilled today is because you're eating all of your own fruit. You haven't given any of the harvest away. Or there's this. Or you've held on to the fruit so long, it's now become rotten and it's fallen off. And nobody can use it. Come on now. That's good. I did one of these. I don't know if Sherry heard me. I one of these. I was like, oh, that's good. In my, in my office, writing things. I love it. I love when that happens. Every once in a while, you, you might hear me. They go, oh, that's good. Or I just break down and cry. It's like, oh, Lord, that's so good. God's good, man. I love it when he just funnels things to us. Do you know why you're hearing this message, church? Because God loves you. And God loves hurting and lost people. God loves you so much, he will not allow you to be you like you are right now anymore. He loves you so much that there is a desire in, in your life that he wants you to be a funnel for the kingdom. A spiritual conduit to bring heaven here on earth that you must do things, you must produce things, and you must invest things that he's placed in your hands. He loves you enough that he'd use me to speak to you. That's a lot of love. <laughs> See, the reason why so many Christians are not feeling fulfilled today is because they have one hand open to receive from God and one hand closed from giving back God what he deserves. Thank you for blessing me, Lord. I'm going to just keep it. I'm just going to keep it. Do you remember the story of the talents? Who was the one that got cursed? The one that took what he had and he buried it. He... He put it deep, deep, deep inside of him and he never let anybody know and he never shared with anybody and he never went out and invested anything and he said, I'll keep it because I'm afraid that when my, when my, my, uh, my guy comes back and he wants the stuff, I can just give it back to him because I'm so afraid that I'm going to lose any part of it. I'm so about me and my fears that I didn't even plant the things to watch a harvest. I didn't invest it. I didn't go out and build it. I didn't do what God told me to do. That's the only person that got cursed in that entire thing. Some people received more and some received medium and some received a, a small amount, but all of them were blessed except the one that did nothing with what God gave them. Nothing. You do not have to live like that anymore. That's a lie of the enemy. That's a lie of the enemy. You've been living for yourself. And you've been living too small. That's a lie of the enemy. What you have, God needs, and so does everybody else around you. What you are called to produce, people must eat of that fruit of the kingdom of God. Do not live one hand open to receive from God and one hand closed to keep things from God. Because if you do, you've missed the point of life and you've missed the point of why you were created. We were created to be open-handed and give away the fruit that we produce. Mark 8.35 says, if you try to hang on to your life, church, you're going to lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, this is Jesus, and he says, if you give up your life for my sake and the sake, not only for Jesus, but also the sake of the good news, when you do that, you're going to save it. We were created to give our life away for the sake of serving others. Getting close to the end here, but I want you to think about one thing here. Think about this. The only way that you heard about Jesus is because someone else was willing to share their fruit. Think of the first time you ever heard the gospel message. Someone else was willing to share their fruit. They were willing to share their gifts, share their blessings, share their wisdom, share their words, share what they received from God with you. And because of that, the kingdom of God received a harvest. It received you. And it received all the things that you were created to 
produce. Amen? The Bible teaches us a simple but profound purpose why Jesus was here on earth. In Mark 10, 45, it says, For the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. God did not save us to sit. Church, God saved us to serve. He saved us to produce fruit, and what an honor that is. Now, if your identity is found in Christ, then you have to understand why Christ came, and he came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life, to give his fruit for many. So you are called to do the exact same. Open your hands and ask God to fill them. Church, will you just do that real quick? Just open your hands. And just to yourself, say, will you fill these hands, Lord? Will you fill these hands? Fill them, God. I'm going to be more faithful next time with the things that you place in my hands. And I thank you for the seeds. One thing cool about seeds is they last a long, 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 long time. They have a long shelf life. They do. Man, I'm a city boy, and I know that. That's crazy. They have a long shelf life. So thank you, God, for the things that you've placed in my hands that I have put on the shelf for so long. But I'm pulling them off. I'm putting them back in my hands, and I'm going to put them in the ground. I'm going to put them to use. I'm coming to you open-handed right now. I recognize the things that you've placed into my hands. And I'm not going to grip them tight anymore and hold them for myself. I am going to scatter the seeds. I'm going to be generous what, you, what you've given me and what you've called me to. Because I want to reap a generous harvest for your kingdom. Here's my hands, God. Use them. Amen. series is called Open-Handed. Offer what you have. Don't offer what your neighbor has or what you wish you had. Offer what you do have. 1 Peter 4.10 says, each of you should use whatever gifts you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. God calls all his children to be generous with their time, their talents, and their treasures. Church, if you're living for yourself, you are living too small. Now, before we go, here's what I want you to understand this morning. What you have in your hands, what you possess right now, is not intended for you to hold tight-fisted and idolized. It's meant to be planted for the kingdom of God. God has opened his hand to us, and he has given us time, he's given us talents, and he's given us treasures, and he wants you to give those blessings back to him by blessing other people for him. Our lives are not our own, and what we have is to be shared, shared so there can be an eternal harvest that flows through our hands. God, thank you for breaking things. Thank you for uh, blessing me with things, and it's going to go through my hands to other people. Thank you for the gifts. God, thank you that, that you've, you've since birth got, my first word was hi, God. I'm, I'm thankful that I've loved people from the moment I knew how to speak. I thank you that you even made me get in trouble in school for talking too much because I wanted everybody to be my friend. I wanted everybody to know what I had on my mind, and I thank you that you purified it, and you made me a preacher. Not my plan. Not my plan, but it was your plan. I recognize the gifts that you have given me at this time, and I'm going to give them back to you. That's what you got to do in your life. Recognize what God has given you right now and say, God, I thank you. I'm grateful. Even though I might not understand everything about it, purify it with your fire. Purify it, and I'm going to give it right back to you. I'm going to give it right back to you. Our lives are not our own. And things that we have should flow through our hands. Don't live life for yourself. Live like Jesus did. Serve and don't wait to be served. Bless and don't hoard your blessings. God has his hands on you. And he also has his hands open to you. Take what he gives you. Treat it as a treasure and invest it. God wants fruitfulness out of your life.
He wants you to be open-handed. Worship team, will you come? Church, will you stand, please? Hallelujah. I think it's hot in here because we just wanted to let you know this is just a taste of hell. Um, <laughs> you don't want to go to hell. It's billions of times worse than this. Hallelujah. Thank you, babe. Church, while they get prepared, I just want you to open your hands again right now. You're going to take a moment. I just want to, I want to invite you to take a moment. It's up to you. Open your hands like you're going to receive something, but also open your hands like you're going to give something away. Before they play any music, no, don't play anything yet. Just the next like 15, 20 seconds, it's you and God. Just talk to him about what you just heard. Talk to him about what the Spirit of God is speaking to you right now with your hands open. Just right now, I'm going to give you that time. Here we are, Lord. Come to you open-handed. Do your will through our life. And when you do, and when you bless us, and when we see fruit, we will give you glory and not ourselves. We recognize this life is not our own anymore. Come to you open-handed today. First off, to receive from you. And second off, to give it back. Father, I pray for wisdom and how to invest these things that you've given us. I pray for the Spirit of God to speak to us clearly into knowing what we should do or what we should not do. I pray that you help us, help our hearts to be generous. Let us live and be generous people for your kingdom. I don't understand it, God, but the more that I give away, it seems like the more you bless me with. I, I can't outgive God, but many of us should try. We should try outgiving God. We, he gives to us, we give away. He gives to us, we give away. He gives to us, we recognize, we give it away. God, I pray that this week be a week of eternal harvest. Many seeds have been planted. People have watered, but God, you will bring the harvest. I pray with our hands open now. We recognize the harvest that's in front of us. It says in your word, do you not see it? Look at, look at the fields. They're ripe for harvest. But the laborers or the, the people to go and, and to do the work, they are few. Well, not at First Open Bible. I'm going to prophesy. There are many. There are many. Send us into your fields. We love you. We praise you. In Jesus' name mighty name. Amen. Amen, church. Let's worship together one more time, then let's go. And you got to leave changed. You got to leave changed. Do not allow the enemy to steal anything, and don't let your flesh steal anything. Give to God what is God's. Amen. We love you.